This is the JWN Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meanstead. Welcome to episode number 67. I'm telling you what, man, I felt great this morning. I had an awesome, awesome interview with a guest that's going to be published on Monday. It was one of these episodes with somebody I'd never met before, and it turned out great. Uh, Made a new friend out of it. I'm excited about it. And then uh, afterwards, I I went out and did some work. Uh, By the time I was done with the work, things kind of went haywire. So it's kind of late in the day right now as I record this podcast for you guys. And I was in such a bad mood after that. I went from like being extremely on high and positive and excited to completely like, ugh, I don't want to do anything. I was just really doubting life in a bad negative space. And I think I kind of realized something. I don't know. I think think a lot of the stuff that I've been going through is kind of giving me some warning signs of maybe it's time to make some changes in my life about some of the things I do for a living. Yeah, I've really got to I really got to do some soul searching. But I'll tell you what. I'm in a much better mood now because an old friend of the show, <laughs> a friend, uh, Proton Factories came by to drop off some artwork. He came by the studio this evening and we just I I, I kind of goofed. I should have just recorded us hanging out because that would have made a perfect podcast to give to you guys. But I was selfish. I was just like, no, I'm going to have a conversation with a friend and we're just going to talk about and shoot the shit. And we sat here and talked and now I'm in a great mood. (laughs) And I realized something I touched upon last week and the week before is that social connection with people in person, just feeling the energy and the vibe and, and, and all of that is the medicine that we all kind of need. And uh, yeah, we just, he, I mean, he just left and and I told him about this trip I had just taken this this past weekend uh, to celebrate my wife's birthday. And we went down to, uh, we went down to Orlando, Florida because uh, her family owns some, some property down there. And so we kind of get like, whenever we want to go down there, we have a place to stay. That's fantastic. This huge condo. And it's always a lot of fun. It's in a great location. It's like literally 10 minutes from Disney world. And so we went down there and we went with, uh, five of our friends. It was all gay gentlemen. And so there was five gay guys. Uh, and then me and, uh, and my wife in this condo, and we're all hanging out and we had a we had a blast. You know, we did our own things for a couple of days. We we all went to Epcot Center one day together and we had just so much fun. I I, I do like Epcot Center uh, as far as Disney World goes. I know when people think of like adults going to Disney World without kids, they think it's creepy or whatnot. But I think uh, Epcot Center itself is kind of the adult version of Disney World speak or adult park of Disney World. Basically because they have the World Showcase where you, if you've never been there, they have all of these around this lake. They have all of these sections set up to be little countries that you can just walk through and they have shops and some of them have attractions or rides and they all have food and drink and lots of alcohol. (laughs) Lots of, it's a great place to go and just have a beer or a glass of wine or some sort of mixed drink, some sort of cocktail 
yeah, maybe sample some food because they'll have like little booths where you can buy food. And it was also this weekend, it was the uh, the arts festival. Unfortunately, most of the art is, I'm sorry, all of the art is Disney themed art. So uh, really good artists, by the way, amazing artists. And a lot of the artists are there so you can sit and talk to them. But, you know, it's it, it's kind of thematic and really don't want like Mickey Mouse pictures hanging up in my my house if I don't you know what I'm saying it's just not it's not my thing but I can still appreciate the different styles and the different mediums and all of that all of that so it was really it was just fun interesting it was a good time uh I don't know if you caught Saturday night live this week all of my friends that were with us that were gay uh all five of them were excited cuz Dan Levy was the host. They were super excited because they all watched Shit's Creek, which I don't think I've ever made it through a whole episode. Not because I don't like it. I, I just, I don't think I can deal with like sitcom-y type shows that much anymore. I, I get kind of, I zone out. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Uh, but maybe I'll give it a chance at some point because it, it seems like, the premise seems really cool to me. I like the idea of the show. I just haven't really given it a, a fair shot. But, that has nothing to do with this. They were all interested. I was, of course, interested for Phoebe Bridgers. Oddly enough, these these folks that we were with, they didn't know who Phoebe Bridgers was. And I'm like, you don't know who Phoebe Bridgers is? So then I tried to explain to a couple of my friends, because uh, Phoebe Bridgers is in a household name at this point. She might start becoming one. I don't know. Uh, she did make some news. She made some news. But... She, uh, you know, I tried to explain to them, you know, her fan base is kind of, it's a weird fan base, uh, her like hardcore fan base, because you have uh, young women, right? Because she's a young woman. So you're going to have that built in audience right there of, of like-minded people uh, that that are into her music and, and her message. Then you have, there's a, a large population of gay people that love her because she is gender fluid and she's very... Um, just openly friendly to the gay community or, or just now I shouldn't say gay, just like anybody. Then there's this weird group of people like me guys, like middle-aged dudes that are really into Phoebe Bridgers because Phoebe Bridgers was kind of like put on, I wouldn't say discovered, but like her first release was produced by Ryan Adams. So you have all these guys that were, and girls that were into Ryan Adams that got introduced to Phoebe Bridgers through Ryan Adams. And uh, she, for a lot of us, she has kind of filled the void that that guy kind of left when it was realized that he's not going to change or he hasn't changed or he's just problematic for all the reasons I've discussed in the past. You can kind of look it up if you don't know why he's problematic, but you know, I feel for the guy because I do feel like he's super talented and, and I really hope he he comes, he learns and, and changes and, and, and all of that. And I hope that the people who he's affected uh, are able to, um, I don't want to say forgive him, but maybe help him. I don't know. It's not their job to help him. I, I just wish the whole thing didn't happen, honestly, because I like his music, but uh, it's hard to it's hard to stomach now. Uh, but 
Phoebe Bridgers filled that void and she has kind of elevated it. She's done such, such fun, interesting stuff with her career so far that it's, um, it's better than an even trade. It, it's trading up. <laughs> so she's super talented, but, uh, that performance on Saturday Night Live, I don't think it was her best, obviously. You could tell she was a little nervous. But what I picked up from the performance, uh, the two different songs, was that it looked like whatever they were hearing on uh, you know, on set was not what was coming across on the, on the mix. Uh, because it, you, it looked like they were playing a really high-energy kind of loud uh, which is uncharacteristic because most of her music is kind of mellow, um, but she does know how to turn it up and have fun. And she played a, one of the the big singles off of her latest album, Kyoto, which is a pretty high energy song. But you could tell like the guitars were like loud and in, in the studio type of thing, but they were mixed to make it sound more like the recording and it just kind of fell flat. Like, you could see the musicians having fun and enjoying themselves. And then you, what you heard just felt like somebody muted all of the energy. You know what I'm saying? Like it just felt, it, it didn't, it just didn't line up. It, it just, the whole, it, it felt like it wasn't the band's fault or her fault that the thing was just not conveying what was going on. Like what you were seeing and what you were hearing didn't line up. If that makes any sense. I'm not trying to make excuses for her. She doesn't need excuses. She's fucking great. I didn't think it was not my favorite performance of hers. And, and uh, it's such a huge stage. And a lot of new people that have never seen her and maybe don't know anything about her, like the people that were in that uh, condo with me, you know, so it, it, it was kind of like, oh, she's so great. She's so great. And then the performance happens and you're like, no, no, really. She's, she's great. You're just going to have to trust me on that. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the best, uh, performance. I'll put it that way, but you know, it, it's one of the last places on TV that actually lets musicians play live and they're not playing to tape and they're not, uh, you know, playing to a track or anything like that. There's no TV trickery. It's, it's really them. And then there's a reason why so many artists now and so many TV shows don't do live stuff because it's really hard to mix stuff live uh, for TV. You know, what sounds great in the studio might not sound great on TV. That's just, that's just how it is. So yeah, uh, that's the vibe I got from that. And then she, they played uh, the last song and my big problem with that, because it sounded really good, especially the, the first half of the song, but it was chopped up, you know, for time they cut the song down they cut out like verses and and stuff. And so it didn't get, it didn't hit the same way. The song starts off very slow and starts to build and build and build. And then it has this very climactic ending. And, you know, the journey is, is the most important part of a song like that. Like if you, without the buildup, the release doesn't hit as hard. And so she staged, uh, with the people at Saturday Night Live, this whole guitar smashing thing at the end. But again, it just, I don't know. I, if she was trying to be ironic with it, it didn't come across ironic. Uh, if she was trying to be authentic about it, it didn't come across authentic. It just, it felt weird. And I, I personally think it's 
partially because the song was an abridged version of the song. So I, I felt like the the release at the end didn't have the same impact because we didn't have like that long journey to get to that impactful uh, release of the end. You follow what I'm saying? I sound like I'm making excuses for her because I don't want to sound like I'm bashing her or her performance, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I mean, I know what I saw and it wasn't the best of Phoebe Bridgers. I, I know what she's capable of and that wasn't it. But what she made news about was what happened uh, on Twitter. <laughs> she's so crazy. Um, so, so basically somebody tweeted to David Crosby of Crosby stills and Nash, um, who also his Twitter profile pic is like one from him as like a, you know, a young man, uh, which is kind of odd considering the way he attacked her. But somebody asked her, what did you think of Phoebe Bridger's attempt to smash a guitar last night on Siren Live? And he just replied, pathetic. I mean, that's kind of hurtful. Uh, maybe you could say, hey, it fell flat. Or maybe you could say, um, nah, I, I didn't get it. But he called it pathetic. So she replied back and just said, little bitch to, to David Crosby. And then it went back and forth for a while. Then he made fun of the guitar. And, and he said it wasn't even that good an axe. It's a Dan Electro. They are not that great of guitars. He's right. Um, they're kind of iconic in the fact that they are, I mean, they used to be made of like, and I still think a lot of them are just plastic. Like they're, they were, they were kind of like a Sears type of guitar. They were, they were, they were inexpensive guitars and then they became the kind of niche things. And, and, uh, I love them. They have a very distinct sound to them. They're cool, but yeah, I get where he's coming from. And then he said, it's the staged part that leaves me cold. I was not wrong. I prefer people who can actually write songs. Now, this is where he fucking crossed the line. But she responded to him and said, whiny bitch. <laughs> so she's just, uh, she, <laughs> she's not taking these old white men's freaking crap. But see, he's wrong because she can write a good song. She writes great songs. So yeah, David Crosby, stop it. <laughs> You've been put in your pl place by a, a young woman in her 20s. Uh, rightfully so too, but uh, yeah. So unfortunately, through all this, this is how some people are getting to know Phoebe Bridgers. So I'm like, oh no, <laughs> okay, she's solidly going to keep herself with one foot in the underground, uh, and and I kind of like that. You know, that's good to people who are fans for all the different reasons I I, I said before. Eh, I kind of like the fact that she's she's not trying to cater to anyone. She's just going to be herself. Uh, you can't expect somebody to be hitting home runs every freaking time they do anything. And uh, and despite all that, I didn't think the performance was bad. I just think it wasn't the best I've ever seen of her. And that's okay. That's okay because I know I've seen other stuff from her and I, I enjoy her stuff. She didn't lose any fans of her hardcore fans. Put it that way. And maybe she made some new fans. Maybe she didn't. Uh, I, I just hope the best for her. All right. So one of the things I was researching and, 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 and thinking of talking about today, I actually sat and, and talked with uh, Matthew with Proton Factories about, which is uh, something that's come up lately 
uh, on a couple of podcasts that that I've had uh, guests, it's just come up in conversation. Is is uh, what's going on with cancel culture, and it's complicated because we want uh, we want people with awful opinions to understand that they're that those opinions um, are hurtful, but at the same time. There's, you know, the consequence of, of of canceling somebody is that you're pushing them further into whatever awful thing that you're canceling them for, for. And I'm not talking about like people who have committed sexual assault. I'm talking about people with like, you know, weird uh, opinions and or hateful opinions that are sharing them on social media. For example, the one that that's just kind of hitting the news right now is the uh, the woman who is in uh, The Mandalorian. Gina Carano, uh, she had been kind of, you know, people had been saying for a while now, like, hey, she's her social media is really kind of problematic. She's really, uh, she's supporting a lot of the QAnon type stuff. And then she had a thing where uh, she put in her Twitter, Twitter bio, uh, you know, instead of you know, to, to mock people who put like, their gender pronouns. She wrote beep, bop, boop. She's basically sounding like every awful friggin' Thanksgiving meal that we all dread going to. Like she's somebody's relative listening to this right now, right? You, you know this person. Um, are they completely helpless, awful people? Some of them are, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but but I, I, I really thought about like, what my take on this person without knowing any of this before knowing that she's kind of got like these extreme political views or, or whatnot, or social political views. Uh, I thought her character was so inspiring on this Mandalorian. I was like, here's a girl. She's not a, um, a supermodel type skinny little girl. She's, she's, she's curvy. She's, um, strong. You know what I'm saying? She she's just not fitting any of the stereotypes of of kind of like a sci-fi leading type of role or or cast member. You know what I'm saying? Do you follow what I'm saying? She she was breaking the mold and she was playing this really strong character. And it I thought it was really cool. I thought like her character was really awesome. Like this badass, kind of like tough person who who just really wasn't playing the eye candy kind of male interpretation of like a fantastical sexy uh space woman type thing you know she was just a really strong character that happened to be a woman and it had nothing to you know the gender thing wasn't a thing her weight her physical appearance weren't a thing and and it it was great it was like here's a here's an, a a normal healthy looking person <laughs> playing a, a role that uh, proving that you don't have to be like a size zero with an impossible, impossibly good looks to be successful in on TV. Right. So I always thought like, Oh, this is cool. This, this character is so awesome and inspiring. And I, I love what they're doing with it. And then to find out that she's like, you know, kind of awful. It was upsetting. It was upsetting, but there was something in, in one of the articles on, uh, on CNN. I read this article today where they're quoting something from Variety magazine, uh, and I'll just read this passage here. Variety reported that she later removed the words from her Twitter bio that's talking about the beep-bop-boop thing 
after speaking to her co-star Pedro Pascal, who plays the, the Mandalorian, who said who she said helped her understand why people were putting them in their bios. She then said she supports freedom to choose. So what that little piece of information tells me about her is she's not like a lost cause. Like she can be talked to, she can be educated as to, as you know, as to why people do the things they do and, and, and how hurtful it can be. And if someone interprets this as you attacking them and, and she made changes, not because she, she had to, because someone talked to her, like kind of, it sounds like somebody like cared about her and talked to her about it in a way without attacking her and was, you know, they were able to kind of change her mind about that, that specific thing. And to me, I'm like, that's fascinating. That's amazing that somebody was able to, instead of attack her and say, you know what, you're fired because you have awful views and, and you know, you're, you're, you're not representing uh, this franchise well, and we don't want that attached to the franchise. We don't want the asterisk of somebody saying awful things um, while they're working for us. And we, we don't have to explain that every time we put out a new series or whatever it is. Uh, so we're just going to fire you, right? Because now instead of somebody she's working with able to like help convince her or show her that she might be being hurtful, I think she's going to end up digging her heels into the crazy now. You know, she's going to get embraced by like the QAnon type people. She's going to get embra embraced by the people who also think like her. And as we've learned, there's over 70 million of Americans who are willing to vote for a guy who stands for all that stuff, right? And they, they support him. And so they'll support her. So instead of her kind of learning and, and, and coming out of this and, and maybe, and I would imagine it would be a slow, authentic process for someone to, to go through that. It's not like someone flips a switch and says, oh, I was wrong. I'm going to change my whole way of thinking. I don't think that's how it would work and be genuine because if she did that, then you'd be like, yeah, she's being disingenuous, <laughs> right? So, I mean, a way, the way somebody like that would come around would be through experience, through working and, and, and befriending people that she's kind of a, uh, mocking and learning like, oh, well, I love that person. I don't want to hurt their feelings. And there's millions of people like that out there and I'm hurting their feelings. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I was wrong. But instead now she's probably going to go full tilt crazy. <laughs> she's going to probably be a senator in uh, or, or congresswoman in like, you know, a Southern state <laughs> in South Carolina. She might be the next, uh, re you know, Republican congresswoman who... Uh, has questionable beliefs and and that whole thing, you know, because those people are getting elected. <laughs> it's, uh, but that's the dangers. This is this is what I was talking about. This is what my concern with cancel culture is on this level, is that instead of of uh, making somebody, uh, not making but showing somebody the light, and maybe giving them the chance to come out of it. Yeah, we're just pushing them further into whatever crazy they believe. And I don't think that helps anyone. I really don't. I think that emboldens more people to, to dig their heels in, as I said, 
and, and continue to be crazy or get crazier because that's just human nature. And I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a, a better way to handle people like that. I, I don't know the whole story, obviously. We're, we, none of us really do know. Maybe she was taught, was given a bunch of chances to kind of like, hey, just shut up at least. Don't post on social media. And she continued to do it. So maybe she just dug her own grave. And probably, I, I mean, if I'm going to be uh, honest, that's probably what happened. I imagine she was given multiple chances to, to kind of just at least shut up and she didn't do it. But I, I, I do have this like hope that people like that could be turned around. And I, you know, I feel weird saying that because I feel like, oh, I believe I'm right and everyone else and those people are wrong and they should all think like me. And, you know, all, all I think is that people shouldn't be hurtful. <laughs> they should be kind. They shouldn't like take down a whole group because you don't get them or understand them. And if I believe that, then I have to say the same thing about these kind of QAnon conspiracy theory type people. Like I have to, I have to believe that there's good in these people as well. I, I, I have to believe that because if I don't, then I'm a complete hypocrite, right? I can't think that like we should be kind to people, but not those people, you know? Uh, it's so sticky and tricky. I, I've been watching this week the uh, the trial for <laughs> the impe the second impeachment of Donald Trump and my wife said to me, she's like, dude, you, you really don't need to be watching this kind of stuff right now. Because she knows how I feel about all of that and how upset I was from the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Um, she knows how upset just like Donald Trump made me in general. It, just like the idea of, of what that guy stood for was the exact opposite of all the things I was just saying. Like the you know, he, he was promoting negativity and he was making us, I feel like he was making us more intolerant of each other, not just of one group intolerant of one. It's like we're all in being, being intolerant. And I, I really do think that that, that guy is a hundred percent guilty uh, of what he's being accused of. He, he uh, you can go back and listen to before the, the week before that happened, I put a solo show. And at the end of this show, I said to people like, hey, if you're in D.C., stay in your house uh, on the, uh, that day uh, because he had warned, he not warned, he'd put the call out to people to go wild. So if you speak, uh, if you learned how to interpret that kind of speech, he was telling people to come and riot. I knew it. I'm not a political expert. I'm not, I'm not some sort of genius. Uh, it's just having enough street smarts to, to understand that kind of mob speak, you know, to, to understand when people say things, uh, they, their intent is pretty clear if you're paying attention. And right now we're stuck in this situation where, you know, where it was completely obvious that he, that those people were doing what they were told. They were following orders from Trump. And it's completely obvious, but because now they're doing it in a political court in the, in the right now, this trial that's in the Senate, it, it's not a criminal charge right now. This is just political. 
no criminal charges about it, but they still do the same things. They have to prove things, you know, basically beyond a reasonable doubt. And since he doesn't use his words, he doesn't say, hey, go there, break into the Capitol and attempt to kill these people. Right. He's not saying that. He's saying, but he's meaning that. He's telling them to do that without saying those exact words. But because he doesn't say those exact words, it gives you, it gives uh, the Republican Party uh, the opportunity to say like, ah, well, no, he didn't really say that. So that's, those people acted on their own free will. And, uh, you know, it's upsetting because, no, his intent was very clear. Uh, and and the people following it, there, there's dozens of them now coming out and saying, hey, no, we were following orders. This is what we were told to do. So, yeah, and he'll still get acquitted. And it's it's so sad. But when I was watching this stuff uh, this week, it was making me angry and upset, but it was a different type of anger and upset because he's out of power. And, he, you know, the, the immediate threat of what he did then is not going to happen on that level. And he's, he's no longer on Twitter and social media and all that stuff. So his influence is definitely still felt, but it's not as, I don't know. I, I, it's not as, um, it's not as threatening, but to see the way it's being presented back and all of this footage that we didn't see when it happened and all the, 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 how close some of these, um, people in Congress were to being, to encountering firsthand this mob, like, I mean, steps away at times. It's a different type. It's a sadness that, that there are people willing to defend that, that, that there are people who are going to, uh, a lot of Republicans are just going to acquit it and try to just move on from this and forget about it. People died. Hundreds of officers were hospitalized, injured, um, a couple of them committed suicide and you know I don't know if it's directly related to it but it sure does seem like like that you have people holding like blue lives matter flags and beating police with them do you understand how fucked up that is like so I can understand why these these police officers are are just freaked out you know so I can imagine you know all of the the unpopularity of being a police officer right now combined with the people who were purporting to be like the pro-police pro-law enforcement and they're attacking you now too i can imagine like yeah that the trauma that that would cause i would understand why why some of them just cracked um it's an awful 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 thing it's it's an anger that it happened it's an anger that that justice is not going to be served through the political process of impeachment. But I do think that there will be criminal uh, prosecutions after this that will result in, in some form of justice. And uh, I've, I just, I, I hope that for the people of America, it comes in a way that's understandably just. And that the people that have, who have supported Donald Trump don't feel like it's an attack on them completely uh, when he ends up in some sort of prison for one of the things he's done or, or, you know, just financially destitute. Um, If you watch this evidence that we all witnessed, there's no spinning it. It it is what it is. The guy, the guy, uh, 
the guy did not defend the Constitution. He did not uphold a peaceful transfer of power. He sold people a lie. And once, once they come to grips with it, hopefully, hopefully most of them will learn that, hey, they were taken advantage of and that they're a victim. Uh, and that sounds like I'm being pompous and saying like, I'm better than, than you for not knowing that you were a victim. But I mean, come on, man. He, 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 he did the same game plan before he got elected in the first place. He basically said he wouldn't accept a loss then. He did the same thing this time. It was just like that, that I can't lose. And so if I lose that it's a scam, you know, I mean, he plays the same playbook two election cycles in a row. The first time he got kind of not lucky, but he won. He didn't expect to win this time. He lost. And then we saw what that looked like. Um, anyway, why am I talking about politics? Folks, I have an excellent episode for you on Monday. As I described at the top of this show, uh, it's a person I had never met before. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation as we get to know each other. And and I really am looking forward to uh, hearing what you have to say about that. It was a, a, a really fun episode. So look for that on Monday and uh, have a great weekend and peace. Peace.